Stranger Rangers. This is Bree. This is Fatina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. I always feel like true crime po- podcast becomes such a mouthful for me. <laughs> I have to like <laughs> genuinely think about the words that are coming out of my mouth as I'm saying it. Like a get true it together. Crime podcast. Yeah. Like it's not a tongue twister, <clears throat> Brie. Figure it out. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, those brain frogs are at full attack this week. <laughs> yes. Again, we record two at a time. Yeah. Um, oh, we. you know what we didn't mention last week is uh, we did take a week off. Yeah, sorry, guys. It was it was a bit unexpected, uh, but worth it. Totally worth it. Bree's case is pretty big with 11 casualties, yes. 11 victims. And I have one par for the course. That's yeah. also yeah, like you a do. full dozen. Yeah, you do. So we, when we touched base and we're like, hey, you ready to record this weekend? We're like, we both kind of hesitated. So I was like, you know what? Let's not sacrifice any quality. Let's have an extra week just to dot our I's and cross our T's. Yeah. Make sure we're doing, you know, the case justice. And not that we wouldn't, but it would just kind of feel rushed. Yeah. Um. So I just, you know, brushed my case and my details one more time make sure i got all the good stuff out of here for you so i hope you enjoy the case today yeah i'm excited about it so that's what i want to say before getting started and i guess what i want to say before getting started (laughs) i was like i don't know how to do this yeah guys i mean life is just real crazy right now i feel like for both of us and I kind of subconsciously alluded to it in my last episode, but um, if you all remember a couple months ago, um, I was in the hospital with my family and we had to do a recording session in the hospital. Um, And that is all about because my husband and I had a baby. (laughs) We've been waiting so long. So that's that's why we were in the hospital. I won't reveal too many details about him because he's so precious and we're going to keep him near and dear to our hearts and not really a whole lot on social media. But um, he was born about six and a half weeks early. And so we were in the NICU for over a month with him. But we've been home for a couple months now and he's happy and healthy and thriving. And Fatina's now an aunt times two. Yeah. And so we are just, um, we're just over the moon. We've had such a long road in our lives to get to this point to bring him here. And I'm going to not get into my feels too much because (laughs) it's a really, really emotional topic. And, you know, for anyone else out there that's had any struggles with bringing a baby in the world, just know that, um... I understand, and it is such a joy, and if it's a goal that you have in your life, just keep trying and keep pushing forward, because if you want to be a mom or a dad, there are so many ways to make it happen, and just don't give up hope, because now we're sitting where we are today, and we finally have our little baby boy, and so thank you for everyone's understanding with just kind of some of our minor absences from week to week but hey the sleep deprivation is real i i i'm alive i'm i'm more i'm slightly above zombie (laughs) 
at this point. We had his baby shower a couple weeks ago, and I was getting ready for it. And I look at Tyson, and I was like, "Do I look better than dead?" He's like, "Yeah, babe, you look better. You look better than dead." I was like, "Perfect. As long as I can pass that." So I'm gonna tell you two things. One, he is the cutest, most handsome, cutest little baby ever. Truly is, and I'm really not biased about it. Um, and second thing, the only means you cannot become a mom or dad is don't go stealing a baby. Okay, thank you. Yeah, okay, thank you. That's code pink in the hospital. (laughs) So please don't do that. Please don't go steal a baby. Okay. (laughs) Public service announcement. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) But no, he's um he's just so stinking cute. Yeah, he's like really coming into his personality, and we got our first smile the other day and He's so cute. We just, like, cried. I think we had some unexpected, like, delays or rescheduling changes. That's what happened. But also, Bree's a fucking trooper. Let me tell you. um, When I say she's a badass, I 100% mean it. I saw her the birthday. The birthday. (laughs) Yeah. And... She was fucking glowing. In my wheelchair. Yeah, in your wheelchair. (laughs) You were rocking the shit out of the wheelchair. But it was just, um, and I mean, you know, with this podcast, and I know sometimes it helps to, like, get away and, you know, have some you time. Um, And it's funny because we we talk about how coming in here and talking about murder is a (laughs) stressful labor. It's my palate cleanser from so, all the diapers um, and bottles and breastfeeding yeah. and so two thank hours you. of sleep. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think you guys will see a picture of the baby um, with his little ranger jacket on yeah. soon. So Yeah, we'll get something up for you guys. He's the newest little ranger. He is our newest ranger. All right, so... Want to go to the opposite end of that and talk about murder? Yeah, let's uh, let's okay. go for the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, again, this case, this was actually suggested by a Patreon. Oh, cool! So i I haven't heard back whether or not I can use their name. So I'm not going to say thank you by name because I don't. I want to be respectful of that. That takes so, care of it. So I was going to ask who it was. <laughs> So I uh, so nonetheless, it was suggested to a Patreon. So I went to the top of the list, and then so when I was looking to research or to look up what case I was gonna do, I was like, "Oh, that sounds interesting." And I was like, "Oh, it's in Australia, absolutely." Oh, another Let's one. Do this. And <laughs> it's a big case. I don't know how I hadn't heard of it. Okay. If you haven't heard of it, then you're in for a fucking ride. It's a roller coaster, and it's, like, one of those rickety roller coasters that, like, you think you're going to fall apart and die on. Like you know? Thunder Mountain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Like, you don't know how it's holding together. Sure. And no seatbelts. So it's, like, the fair roller coaster yes. that rolls through every summer and goes from <laughs> yes. city to city. Gotcha. Yeah. You don't know how you made it out alive. So it's it's a wild one. There's a lot going on on here. So oh, forgive me if I'm a little all over the place. My notes feel how I'm thinking. So <laughs> this happens in Snowtown, Australia, at least where, spoiler alert, there is at least 12 casualties, 12 victims in this oh, case. Oh, wow. So they're all discovered in Snowtown, Australia. Okay. Only one happened in Snowtown. 
Only one murder happened in Snowtown. They're discovered in Snowtown. So I'll let you know how that happens. Okay. <laughs> this is also known as the Bodies in the Barrels murders, which is like oh. kind of gets to the point of what's happening here. Yeah. But it's a, it, and so you might either know it as Snowtown murders or bodies, bodies in the Barrels. Oh, I'm excited. I, I don't know the details of this okay. case, but I have heard okay. of the name of this case. There's cool. also a movie oh, called cool. The Snowtown Murders. Yes. I think I would recommend it once you've heard this case. Sure. And know of it. Okay. Because otherwise, the movie of it is very slow. Gotcha. Because it, I think it tries to draw you in with the feelings part of it. Mm-hmm. And not so much the gruesomeness of the case and okay. the details. Sure. So if you know the background and what's going on and what these actors are trying to portray, then you're more likely to understand the film. Kind of pieces things together a little bit 100%. better. Yeah. Because it doesn't go into background that much. Or at all. Right. Um, and it just kind of just starts going and you're like, wait, what happened? Yeah. Where, where um, am I? So I did it the wrong way. Okay. <laughs> Learn from you <laughs> from experience. I did it the wrong way. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Who's who? There's so many players on this. Okay. That if you don't know, you're very, you're going to get lost very, very easily. So you're in a great spot listening to this podcast 100%. first and then going and watching the movie. Yes. So the main person in all of this, his name is John Justin Bunting. J.J. Okay. Button. Okay. J.J. Button. Um, so I'll probably, I in my notes, I put Bunting over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just because it's his last name. And yeah. It's just easier than, you know, trying to remember all these other, the, the last name is what differentiates everyone that's sure. involved. So, so spoiler alert. I already said it. 12 people die. Mm-hmm. There is murder. Trigger warning. There's a lot of torture. Ooh, okay. I'll let you know when I'm going to talk about the torture. Mm-hmm. So if you are squeamish, if you are eating, you can take a pause or you can skip ahead a little bit. Yeah. Um, because I last thing I want to do is spoil your dinner. But um, that there is some torture involved. So I did want to say that before going into it. So here we go. So John Bunting, a little bit about his childhood, which is, it just sets the plane for everything that's going to happen mm-hmm. for the rest of his life. When he is very young, at the age of eight, he is beaten and sexually assaulted by one of his friend's older brothers. Ugh. So right off the bat, he's eight years old, and possibly the worst thing that could happen to a kid happens he's already been dealt a super bad hand Uh, yes so this was in 1974 okay he was born 1966 on september 4th because of this experience that he's had already terrible experience with like you know sexual assault Mm -hmm. he his hatred for pedophiles yeah for gay people Mm deepens and mm-hmm. well this is where it starts sure right as he as he gets older in 1981 so he is i think let's see eight plus another eight years so about 16 years old 17 years old he has his first sexual experience with a girl okay that first sexual experience turns into a pregnancy 
Oy. So right away, at a very young age, he yeah. becomes a father. He is estranged from the mother, though. So he is not an active father role in that kid's life. Okay. In 1986, when he was 20 years old, he starts working at a crematorium. So Ooh, he's okay. now having that experience of being around dead people. Mm-hmm. So I think to a certain extent becomes desensitized to... For sure. Seeing someone be dead. Yeah. Now at 22, so about two years later, for some reason, I don't know if he left the job at the crematorium, but he started working at a slaughterhouse. So oh, now he went from working with the dead to making something dead. Yeah. It's a job. It's a blue-collar job. Sure. Someone has to do. Right. Right. But slitting throats and letting it desanguinate, it's not something fun to see every day, day in and out. You know what I mean? I'm well, sure. Well, and given his past and then those are your two jobs that you have kind of back-to-back is pretty, um, I don't know, kind of intense. Yeah. I and guess. That's a great word. It is intense. Like, even... It's a job. Someone has to do it. But right. it's having those types of jobs is just Neither intense. is a very, like, happy-go-lucky job. Right. I guess unless you're into those things in a happy-go-lucky way. he might be. Way. <laughs> so <laughs> soon after, he moves away from home and he gets, um, he moves in with some friends. So Kevin and his girlfriend, they move to Adelaide. And while he's living with these people... For some reason or another, it's not very well documented as to why, but he kills his roommate's dog for no reason. I hate him. He's a little bull terrier. So not like a big dog that could have been like, oh, he attacked me or what have you. Right. So what blows my mind is that even after this, they remained roommates. Absolutely not. No. No. Never. No. Not, not, no, no, <laughs> no, simple no. That's a not no for happening. me, dog. Yeah, no, that's a no for me, dog. No, all right, moving forward to 1989, he's 23 years old at this time. This is when he finally met Veronica Tripp. They had a whirlwind relationship where they met and got married by the same year, 1989, in September. Oh, wow, she already had a son named James, and she. So, Veronica and him got married. Them now as a married couple remained roommates of Kevin and his girlfriend. Okay. Now, the kid James, I think, was a little bit older and had a different living situation. Gotcha. So, he wasn't living with the two couples, but just worth noting that Veronica did have a kid coming into this relationship. Now we're getting into the 90s, where the later I got into this case, I was like, oh, this is getting closer and closer to home. And I'm like, you know, this is not a, oh, way back in the day type of case. Like, it's starting to get closer to to 90s, 2000s type of thing. So it felt closer to home type of thing. Yeah. So in December of 1991, both him and Veronica Tripp moved into their own place in Salisbury North, which is the house was on a street called Waterloo. Okay. So I will mention Waterloo again, and it's this house on gotcha. Salisbury, Salisbury Snow. Okay. Salisbury North. Gotcha. Sorry. And these are streets that I, I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. I heard some people also call the town Snowden, 
And I was like, I don't think it's Snowden, mm. but it could be just an accent thing. Yeah. I think it's Snowtown Americanized. It's T-O-W-N at the end. I'm going to say Snowtown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that's it. So when they move into this address, that's when he meets who would become the key players in this entire case. He meets Robert Wagner, who's a neighbor. Mm-hmm. So, Robert, a little bit about Robert Wagner. He's born in 1971. Um, he was born in New South Wales. He, they became best friends. Mm-hmm. And he, he was known in the neighborhood as Papa Smurf. <laughs> he, so, cool. imagine that type of guy, right? Yeah. Um, he was also very openly gay. Okay. Which is weird for Bunting to have become friends with him. Yeah, exactly. His other neighbor is Mark Hayden, and he was born in 1958. This is just so you guys can get a gauge of, like, Age ages stuff. between yeah. them. Wagner, the who we know is a, a gay neighbor, he has a partner. He has a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I, I think it would be, for the times that it was, some of these terms would be what it was referred to back then. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'm going to try to be delicate. If, if you haven't figured it out, I'm part of the Alphabetical Mafia, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying my, I will try my best to be as uh, correct as I can be in these terms. Um, and I'll explain that here in a little bit. So he had a, a, a partner, what we know, wouldn't call now a boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, named Barry Lane. Okay. Okay. Barry was also known as Vanessa. Okay. So... And that was because Barry was what they would have called then in the early 90s, a cross-dresser. Right. Okay. okay. So I don't think that's a politically correct term now. Mm-hmm. I don't know that anyone uses that. You know, just like, I, I don't think it's, I don't think people use transvestite either. No, I think that those two terms have like slowly kind of fizzled out yeah. over the years, for sure. Because they're either like... Uh, I guess someone would be like feminine presenting now or female presenting or (sighs) Harry Styles. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) sure. Exactly. Whatever the hell you want because it's just clothes. For sure. Um, But, you know, early 90s and the way that Barry Lane has been depicted is like, you know, little cut off jean shorts, like hot Mm. summer boy kind of thing. Yeah. Like crop top, maybe a little bit of lipstick. Right. Um, And this was like his summer his fun summer outfit kind of thing. Sure. Um, so he was like feminine presenting what would be what was then known as crossdresser. Um, so yeah, I, everywhere else calls them crossdresser. If you hear this anywhere else, they're going to, you're going to hear crossdresser. It's not a drag queen because they're not performing. Right. Anything. It, it's just, they chose to dress effeminately. Yeah, for sure. So, I'm trying to be delicate with that because I don't want to offend anyone, but no, I think you're doing a great job. It's the, it was the lingo for the so time. So if I say cross-dresser, and- I will put that, I, I will say that, that that's the caveat. Like I say that because that's what I wrote down verbatim from other articles, but I'm not trying to be offensive. Yeah. Okay. So it was Barry, AKA Vanessa. Um, most of his friends knew him as Vanessa because they knew and, what I, I don't know if he asked to be called Vanessa or mm-hmm. if that's the nickname they gave him. Sure. So 
<laughs> keep in mind, I am trying to keep everyone straight here for you. So we've got the two neighbors. One of the neighbor has the boyfriend, yeah. Barry. And then, so here's where the killing <laughs> spree starts. In, 19, in August of 1992, this is where the murders all began. Clinton Tresize gets invited over to John Bunting's house. Okay. They invite him over, both him and Wagner, and Barry's there as well, mm-hmm. because they've heard rumors around town, they live in a very small town, that he is a danger to kids. That who's a danger to kids? Clinton that- Teresa. Okay. So they say, hey, you're possibly a pedophile. Okay. Or they've heard rumors of this. So then they invite him over. Gotcha. Either to like have some beers, hang out type of situation. Sure. Clinton once dated Barry Lane. Oh, okay. Okay. So he, pos- you know, he's, let's just assume he's gay. Yeah. Obviously. Right. Um, so it sounds like Barry Lane is the one maybe feeding or fueling this fire mm-hmm. of... I know this from being in a relationship with him that he can be a danger to kids or whatnot. Sure. They, we don't know how he was murdered, but we know that he was murdered and his body was put into a shallow grave at that Waterloo address. Gotcha. His body was found in October of 1994. So two years later. Uh-huh. But there was no investigation and no suspects to who could have done it. Oh, weird. There was little to no investigation. And it was found on the property? Yeah. Weird. Okay. But from 1992 to when his body was found, there was no other murders. Nothing else was happening. They kind of just like fed their need to kill someone that they thought was a danger to society. Mm-hmm. Um, while all of this is going on, Barry Lane starts feeding more and more information to Bunting about who he has heard through his community, through his friends, might be either a danger to kids, be a pedophile. Right. Um, or just confirming who is gay. Right. In, in the neighborhood. Um, and so what Bunting does is that he starts a specific room in his house. He starts putting pictures up and it's everywhere that I've heard this or read this was that he starts putting red string from one picture to the other. <laughs> yeah. And he starts calling it his rock spider wall. And that's because in Australia, rock spider is a slang term for a pedophile. Okay. That's what they call them in jail. Interesting. Which I don't, I couldn't find exactly where that came from. Right. Um, I can only imagine that like, ew, no one likes spiders. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But um, I don't know. So um, he starts this wall. So he starts obsessing over this information that Barry Lane is feeding him yeah. about who in the neighborhood is a danger to their society, right. to their kids. And now you have to think back that Bunting, because he was sexually assaulted as a kid, he was sodomized as a kid um, by a male as well. Yeah, He, in his mind... Well, I mean, we all think that pedophiles are terrible, but for him, it's a personal, totally very personal thing. He already has a chip on his shoulder. Yes. He already wants some sort of vengeance, exactly against this, this you know this type of people in society. Yeah. So in his mind, um, he starts collecting all of this information, and what starts happening is that with this information, he starts calling people out of the blue. 
that he believes are pedophiles or dangerous to society, what he considers weak or dirties, uh-huh. and starts harassing them over the phone. But the dangerous part is, is that this is all relying on rumors. Right. This is all relying on Just rumors. Just hearsay. And if you're watching the movie, um, which is, I believe, free on Peacock. Forbidden history, grisly ghosts, monstrous cryptids, and harrowing folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. Mysterious Japan is a bi-weekly podcast presenting these spine-chilling horror stories, urban legends, and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Havey. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. or something like that what the way that it's shown and i think this is what all the written reports try to portray is that it became a vigilante group mm-hmm. it came almost like a neighborhood watch for pedophiles gotcha and people were like well i heard you know the neighbor down the streets person's cousin said this that they think their kid got molested or, you know, something like that. Oh, that sounds so messy. So it's it's just rumors. Right. Or it's, it can be just rumors. Sure. You don't know. Right. What comes of it is super dangerous. Yeah, though, because absolutely. Because this is what happens when you let someone, where someone tries to take that, like, police role, and they're doing something about it. Without confirming it's whether it's just rumors or not. Well, and it's pedophilia. It's not just rumors of somebody cheating on somebody. Right. Like, it's a very emotionally high... <laughs> right. High stakes, yeah. So, there's two James in this story. So, if you remember, he's with Veronica Tripp at this time. Mm-hmm. So, her son's name is James. His name is James Tripp. Okay. Okay. There is another James that will come in. So in 1994, while there were, you know, two years have passed since they all killed Clinton and Mm -hmm. hid his body, he starts skinning dogs and cats from around the neighborhood and encourage his stepson, James, to watch him and help him. No. Yeah. I think he's a little bit older at this point because I know that, well, we know that him and Veronica got together in 1984. So I so 10 years I mean even if he had just been born. Yeah. Oh At the gosh. youngest he would be 10 years, right? During this time as well, he starts having an affair. So he starts having an affair with Elizabeth Harvey. Okay? And Elizabeth has four kids. She has Troy Yude, which is her oldest, and from a different man has three other kids. She has James Vlasakis, mm-hmm. Adrian Vlasakis, and Christopher Vlasakis. So here's the second James that comes into this story. Right. So because of this affair, it kind of sounds, I don't, 
I, I couldn't figure out whether or not he got divorced from Veronica or kind of just left Veronica in the wind and moved mm-hmm. in with Elizabeth. It sounds like him and Elizabeth were living together at this point. Okay. Because we know that James Vlasakis and him were now living together as well. Okay. Okay. Her son. Right. Yeah. So this happened in 1995. Okay. Where we know that James Vlasakis, Elizabeth Harvey, and John Bunting are all living together. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Elizabeth Harvey finds out about the first murder of Clinton Trisize. She also lives in that area, too, so she knows everyone. They sure. all know each other. Right. I cannot emphasize enough how all these people know each other. Um, they're either family members or neighbors or cousins. Like, right. They're all related. So she finds out about the first murder that Bunting committed, Wagner and Lane help the hide. Mm-hmm. Okay. In 1995... All these people, they have a neighbor called Ray Davies. There was a woman called Suzanne Allen who lived nearby. She wa- um, she accused Ray Davies, mm-hmm. which was her neighbor, is someone that lived on her property on his own trailer. Okay. Accused Ray of being a pedophile with her grandsons. Oy. And by accused, I mean to these group of... Fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Bunting, Wagner, Lane, and Hayden. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, this neighborhood watch of pedophiles right. brought up his name that she thought he had done something to her grandkids. So, Bunting and Wagner took it upon themselves to attack Ray. He was strangled. And then here comes the trigger warning because here's where some torture happens. Okay. Um, they wrapped a rope around his neck. Tighten it with a tire lever, which I can only imagine means like a garrote. Yeah. Like they, they made a makeshift garrote. Yeah. They put him in the bathtub. They beat him with clubs. They beat his genitals because I think that's a callback to the pedophilia. Mm-hmm. And then they crushed his toes with pliers. Oh, my gosh. After killing him, they then gathered his trailer Painted it, sold it two months later. Oh, my gosh. So, although this seems insignificant right now, uh-huh. like, oh, they just, like, they sold a trailer sure. or whatever, it becomes kind of their MO, where okay. they kill someone, they're going to gain something financially from it as well. So, because he was intellectually disabled, he was on welfare, and he was receiving disability checks. Mm, okay. After he was murdered... They continued to cash his disability checks. Oh, wow. Because his mail kept coming. Yeah. So there was a financial gain on top of them, what they considered cleaning these streets of these pedophiles, even though they were unfounded rumors. Sure. Okay, so that was 1995. <laughs> um, between 95 and 96, James Vlasakis and Bunting also, on top of him now encouraging James Vlasakis to do like these not prank calls but harassing calls to who they thought was being rumored to be a a pedophile they were also vandalizing homes of those who they thought were pedophiles they were just totally terrorizing they were just the mafia at this point um and and not there's a bad you know good way but not in a good way (laughs) yeah that's when John Bunting confessed or like told James Lasakis about what they had done 
to Ray Davies. Okay. The guy in the trailer. Right. And I think this was like an introduction for him to see how, like, test the waters. So it escalated from skinning dogs and cats, which is already pretty fucking high. Yeah. To showing him the harassing calls, how to do that, and, right. you know, being having him there when he did that, vandalizing homes. And then the next step becomes, like, telling you about how when I killed someone. So it sounds like he's grooming him. I was literally just going to say yeah. there's a, a tiny bit of irony in his behavior right. because he's totally grooming this kid. He's grooming him to be a killer. Exactly. Which is... Weird, because we don't hear that often. Right. You hear, you know, more grooming to be submissive in the way that it's, like, sexual or... Exactly. Um, in some way, going to it's going to serve a, a sexual purpose. He's, but like, building no, an army of these people. It, he really is. And so, as he's grooming him, for lack of a better term, grooming James, in 1997, they're sitting in the living room... And Australia's Most Wanted, the TV show, comes on. Mm -hmm. And on it, they are actually talking about Clinton Treesize, the body that they had found but never solved it. Oh. So they're asking for tips and, you know, to help solve that, uh, that murder. And Bunting actually gloats that that that's his handiwork yeah so he confesses now to a second murder to james mm -hmm. that he's not he's not fucking around right in his you know in his own way of thinking that he's not fucking around he's gotten away with it twice now mm -hmm. so hey do you, right do you want to come join me kind of thing right because so now there's the the murder of clinton tree size and um ray davies in October of 1997, the next victim would be Barry Lane. Oh, dang. And this is because of a this is because of a couple different reasons. I think the first one is that it's rumored to Bunting that Barry opened his mouth about both the murders. Okay. So it's not because he is a Crossdresser, right? Um, although allegations were also brought to Bunting, as if he's the like sheriff in town or something. Right. I don't fucking know. Um, but that he, that Barry liked them young, like boys, mm -hmm. and that he had been rumored to be associated with some pedophilia himself. Gotcha. Barry. So then Bunting was like, well, fuck, he's next then. Yeah. Right? For sure. Barry and Wagner broke up in late 1996. So they weren't, Wagner and him weren't a couple anymore. He was fair game. So he was fair game. Yeah. Exactly. While they were, while they had like, captured Barry, I would say, mm -hmm. um, they forced him to call his mom to say that he was moving to Queensland. And wanted nothing to do with his family anymore. So they forced him to make this phone call. That's always a red flag, you guys. If somebody yeah. like out of the blue calls you, they're like, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. And it's somebody who you're not expecting to say something like that. I would be very suspicious. So in Barry's murder, there was an unexpected player called Thomas Trevelyan. Thomas Trevelyan and Barry had also dated. Okay. Back in the day. 
and Thomas was schizophrenic, um, and this was mentioned over and over again. He always wore, like, camouflage clothes. Okay. And that was just part of his character, I yeah. guess. Yeah, was his look. Um, his look, <laughs> yeah. And he always was, he was known for walking very long distances. Okay. So he would just walk around town. Sure. Just go out, in and out of town. Um, but he was one of the people that assisted with the dismembering of Barry. Mm. Um, all we know is that Barry was dismembered. He was strangled, rolled up in a rug, and put in a barrel. Okay. Okay. So Thomas, like, where did Thomas come from, right? Mm-hmm. So Thomas um, <laughs> becomes the fourth victim. Oh, my god! Because afterwards... He was caught bragging about Barry's murder. <laughs> People just can't keep their mouth they shut. They cannot keep their mouth shut. No. He apparently threatened, it says kid, but I think they meant like, well, James, because it's a stepkid. Okay. So it's reported that Thomas also threatened one, one of Bunting's kids with a knife. So I think it might have been James. Gotcha. So all in all, Thomas now became a liability. Mm-hmm. That's why you just don't invite anyone to a murder party. Yeah. <laughs> you really don't. Like, it's, For sure. it should be invite only. Yeah. You don't just, like, let anyone walk in. Keep your circle small. For real. So what they did with Thomas is that they drove him out to the woods. Both Bunting and Wagner drove him out to the woods. He was forced to stand on a box. And they put a noose around his neck, mm-hmm. and they kicked the box out. Mm. So obviously, they were trying to make this look like a suicide. And okay. for the most part, they succeeded. And especially with Thomas having some previous mental health issues where he had attempted to take his own life okay. before, this was not a far fetch. Yeah, they took advantage of those details. Absolutely did. So they found Thomas, the police found Thomas on November 5th, 1997, but because of the circumstances, right away they ruled it a suicide. Right. Sneaky. Yes. Um, for Barry, going back to Barry, um, they also continued collecting Barry's welfare payments and cashing those. Okay. I don't see any financial gain coming from tro- uh, ta- coming from Thomas's murder. Sure. That one was more because he was a liability. Yeah. Okay. So next to the to the next murder uh, would be Michael Gardner. This one is um, just the, it's terrible. He's nineteen years old. Mm. He's he's known to be gay. Mm-hmm. He's also considered to be a crossdresser. So I, again, probably just a crop top and some short shorts. Yeah, like just you know a little feminine exactly. Kind of thing. Um, he, he lived nearby, so this is probably one of the people that was on the wall. Okay. That's just rumored to have pedophilic tendencies or something. And just because you're gay doesn't mean you are. And right. I mean, I don't want to walk down that rabbit hole, but yeah. it's just like, that's all they needed to know. Exactly. Oh, you're gay? Then you must like kids. You sure. must like little boys. Right. That's how they were thinking. So they tortured him, they strangled him, they put him in a barrel. Um, they put him in the same barrel as Barry. So they oh, were wow. like consolidating. Yeah. Those must have been really big barrels. Um, they didn't completely dismember him. 
Okay. They only removed his foot, and they think that's just so they would fit into the barrel. Yeah. Ugh. That was 1998. So it's getting closer and closer. It is. Yeah, year by year. So the sixth murder happens with Gavin Porter. He's 31 years old. He's a friend of James Lasakis. Oh, okay. So Bunting's stepson. Right. He actually moved in with them for a little bit. He was a heroin addict. Mm. So in Bunting's eyes, he is what he would consider society's waste. Okay. His words. Yeah. One of these nights that they were at home, Bunting sat on the couch and he got poked by a syringe. Oh, man. So that set Bunting off into totally. a rage. Yeah. Which I cannot, I would, I, it would piss me off too. For sure. Not to the point where I would kill someone. But you'd be like, what the hell? Oh, but I would be so pissed. Absolutely. Especially with a heroin addict, someone that's using a used needle. You yeah. don't know if that's been only used once, if it's used been several times, by who. Like, it, it's concerning. Oh, my gosh. I had a coworker who was, um, she was a hostess and a busser, and she was bussing a table, and someone had left one of their, um, I, I think it was, like, one of their insulin needles. Oh, sure. Like, in their plate, and so she went and bunched up all of these napkins or whatever, and she got poked Oh, by their insulin needle and she had to go through you know all of the steps and the precautions and everything and we were like freaked out you know understandably and then you have to to, like get blood tests every six months or so just make sure nothing comes up exactly like it's it's it is cause to piss you off a hundred percent sure to kill someone though right i i know a little extreme maybe a little extreme so because of that he was pissed off So then Bunting asked Wagner to come on over and then they, and I, and I don't think that James knew what was happening to his friend. Mm -hmm. Bunting and Wagner asked James to take Gavin's two younger brothers to the movies to a drive-in that night. Gotcha. And then, so this was a separate night from the pricking. Right. But Bunting and Wagner found James in his car. He was sleeping. And this is like bunny ear sleeping. He could have been passed out from drugs. They found James or they found Gavin? Gavin. Gavin. Gavin sleeping in his car. So he's more than likely passed out from using. Sure. Um, But they they got him out of his car. I don't know if he was dismembered. Very likely that he was. Mm -hmm. But he was killed. Yeah. We don't know the specifics. And he was put in a barrel as well. And then after that night, that's when James was shown his friend, now dead. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. And the bar- and the bodies of Gardner and Lane in the barrels as well. Oh wow, okay. So he hadn't seen the bodies in a barrel yet. Right. Um, at that point, he only knew of the first two murders. Gotcha. So now, three, four, five, yeah. and six are now being shown to him. So sad that like I had to use numbers to seriously. Like, get straight. I know. So that was in um, early 1998. So now that James knows that like, hey, this is for real. Yeah, they're killing people. No one's arrested. Sometimes you're getting a little bit money on the side. 
<laughs> um, James confides in Bunting, so his stepdad, mm-hmm. that when he was younger, his stepbrother, his older stepbrother, Troy Yude, molested him. Oh, my gosh. So then it becomes a murder party. Bunting, James, Wagner, and Hayden drag Troy out of bed and dismembered him and put him in a barrel. <laughs> this is just crazy. I mean, he he saw an opportunity. He's like, well, here's a way for me to get back. It- and I'm not saying it's not true. Right. But we wouldn't work in a society... A society like that doesn't work. Yeah. Where we're just saying, hey, I'm saying this is what happened. Let's go kill him. Oh, yeah. That does not work at all. That's not going to... No. No. It's not sustainable. Uh Uh-uh. Everyone would die. (laughs) Not exactly. Because then I would be like, oh, you know what? Well, he said that that person, and that's why that person's dead... So let's go kill him because I know that that wasn't true. Like it just this would is why not we work. We have a legal system right. and evidence. We and cannot. We cannot work that way. And no. this is exactly what he took advantage of, where he's like, "Well, they're getting away with murder." So, and I'm not saying he's not being truthful about being molested by his older brother, but these are, at this point, just allegations. Well, and allegations in a society full of vigilantes is not. Like you said, sustainable. Right. No, it's not. It's never going to work in the long run. So now they're getting, I mean, shit, they're already at seven. Right. So they're big, bag, and bold now. Like, they, they think they run this town. Totally. And honestly, they, they kind of do. Yeah. They really kind of do. So some time goes by. They're now in July of 1998. Um, Jody Elliott moves into town um, with her son, Frederick Brooks. Frederick is what I can find intellectually disabled. Okay. I don't know to what extent. I don't know what capacity of learning or I don't know how functioning he was. Right. Either way, Bunting said he's a dirty. Mm. That's what he called anyone who was like not him, basically. Gotcha. Um, Jody now began having a fling with Bunting. Oh, man. <laughs> Bunting's just getting around. He's yeah, just giving it to everyone absolutely. that's wanting it. Um, now, Jody is also known to have low intelligence. Mm. I don't know if, I don't, again, I don't know to what extent, but I just heard that over and over, over again that she had low intelligence. Gotcha. And it's kind of backed here in the future. I'll let you know why. Now, Bunting, because of her low intelligence and then also because he's, like, letting her have it, he persuaded Jody to become the person to help with cashing in some of the disability payments. Mm. So, Suzanne Allen, little callback, his girlfriend back right. in the day, um, is no longer around. Somehow she disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um by disappeared, we're saying that Suzanne, um, her remains were found later above Ray Davies in the same shallow grave. Oh, okay. So remember, she had accused Ray Davies of molesting her grandkids. Right. But um, her body, a little bit different than everyone else's, was found wrapped in 11 plastic bags. 
she was completely dismembered. Her cause of death is not known. Later, Bunting would say, and James would say, that they found her dead of a heart attack and they were scared, so they hid the body. Probably not. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Probably no. Um, they, they continued collecting her pension payments and they used Jody Elliott because Suzanne at that point was now the only female victim. Right. So Jody was the only one that could cash in on this as well. Sure. So I think Jody and Bunting's relationship was one more of convenience for him. Yeah. Than it was, I'm sure, in her eyes. Very transactional. Romance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Jody Elliott. <laughs> this gets so messy here. <laughs> she is Elizabeth Hayden's sister oh my so gosh mark hayden's wife yeah or in this case jody would be mark hayden's sister-in-law right okay so frederick that makes frederick mark hayden's nephew yeah okay like once removed or something yeah yeah, yeah. so let's just say nephew so none the fucking less to his nephew because he's a dirty <laughs> They kill him. Oh, my gosh. This is just insanity. This one is a laundry list of trigger warning. Okay. So if you have a 30-second, I'd say hit it twice. He was put into a bathtub where he was tortured. Everyone involved, Bunting and his uncle Hayden (laughs) and James, asked to be called Master God and Lord Sir. He, they put him into handcuffs. They lit cigarettes and they put it out on him, but not like on his torso where you would immediately think. It was in his ears and his nostrils. Oh my gosh. They lit a sparkler. They inserted it up his urethra. Oh my God. And let it go out. Oh my gosh. They recorded him on, like, a handheld recorder, him saying all of his bank information, and they forced a quote-unquote confession of pedophilia out of him. Mm. If you are being tortured, you would say you killed the Pope. Yes. One can only take so much. Yeah. They injected some type of substance in his testicles. It's probably been 30 seconds. Hit it again. (laughs) (laughs) They used the battery jumper. They clipped it like little alligator clips. Oh, my gosh. They put that both on his testicles and on his nipples. And they crushed his toes with pliers. Oh, my. These people are monsters. They put a rag in his mouth and beat him. So I don't know what the cause of death would be. If not this whole thing altogether, but all of it. So Mark Hayden, his uncle, his uncle. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, just like you, you know him. That fact. You know him. Um, along with his mom, continued collecting his welfare payments. His mom, his mom Jody, had reported her son as missing even though she knew exactly what the fuck had happened to him. Right. 
And then when she realized that the missing person report put a stop on the welfare checks, she rescinded that. Oh, my gosh. So she took that back so that she can continue getting the welfare checks. I hate her. I hate all of them. Yes. All right. So that one was really for no fucking reason. Right. That one was for no fucking reason. There was no... For a little bit of money, and that was it. That was it. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So in October of 1998, Gary O'Dwyer would become the ninth victim. He was 29 years old. He was mentally challenged. So this was, again, what would fall into the category of a dirty right. for Bunting. Bunting would call him a fag. Hate that word. Yes. Hate that word. We don't love that at all. <laughs> Hate that word. He walked with a limp, a pronounced limp, mm -hmm. because he had previously, some years before, been in a car accident that left him with a limp. Gotcha. So... Part of his disability was welfare payments. Sure. Um, and I think we're using those interchangeably, welfare and disability checks. Yeah. Either way, it's government assistance. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to get to. It's right. government assistance. So James asked Gary, hey, Gary, would you have me and Bunting over and Wagner over for a beer night? Like, hey, have us over. Yeah. Which is weird. It's like... <laughs> invite us into your house. Right. Um, somehow, that's what it's reported as. When they got into his house, instead of having a good old, like, boys' night, they handcuffed Gary. They tortured him. They, again, go back to this M.O. of recording. All the and bank at, info. Yeah. yeah. And at this point, Bunting had a script written out for the victim to read. Mm. For Gary to read. Mm -hmm. So it would be a, what at the time seemed like nonsensical bits and pieces of information. But later on, what Bunting did, and this was 98, so technology wasn't like what it is now. But he would put the pieces together of the recordings to make sentences. Gotcha. And use it to call the bank. Call family. Give proof of life when family calls. Sure. Um, he also had him record a rejection of his family, which was kind of what he had done before to Barry, which is like renouncing his family, saying, I hate you. I don't want to be here. Right. I'm moving far away. Don't try to contact me. Right. Kind of thing. Um, they, they found burn marks on him, um, which is just kind of worth mentioning type of thing. But... Um, yeah, so he was the ninth victim. The tenth victim... <sighs> okay. <laughs> the tenth victim, believe it or not, is Mark Hayden's wife. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. They separated sometime um, between 97 and 98. Um, and now Elizabeth was given the title of whore in a low life. So Bunting and Wagner dragged her into the bathroom tortured her, put a rope around her neck, gag in her mouth. Um, Mark Hayden assisted with all of this of in hiding he her body. Apparently he was laughing as he was doing it. 
Um, and Elizabeth Hayden's brother reported her missing the next day. This mm. was a legit reported missing. Because mm-hmm. he had no idea his sister gotten killed. Sure. He had no idea his brother-in-law was a fucking maniac that was right. helping hide and kill people. Exactly. Um, so this was a legit missing persons report. Yeah. And this is the catalyst. This is what starts opening the lid of this whole fuckery. Yeah. Of what's actually happening in this town. Jody Elliott. For her... Because she was Elizabeth's sister. Right. That was her last straw Mm. in all of this. Mm -hmm. So at that point, she also filed a missing persons report for her son, which like, you know, he's not missing. You know, he's not missing and you don't get to change your mind and come back and do that. No, you do not. So, because of these two missing persons reports, um, the police is actually starting to get involved. I mean, they're missing persons reports, right? Right. They're not like, oh, they found a body type of things. I mean, I guess that's the only good she did by filing that is sparking more of it. Yeah. Right. So, the police did insert some listening devices into Jody's phone, which kind of may have helped into the Mm. situation. Meanwhile, again, these are just investigations that are happening on the sideline. There is one more murder that happens. This was, so Elizabeth Hayden was killed on November 21st, 1998. And there's one more murder that happens on May 9th, 1999. They had time for one more before this investigation actually opened up. So the 11th victim is David Johnson. Um, He's not a dirty. (laughs) He's not a gay person. He Hmm. is not a pedophile. He is not... um, Anything than just someone that Bunting didn't like. It doesn't check any of the boxes of anyone else yeah. that he... It's, uh, one of the things is that it's James's stepbrother. Okay. So I just think there must have been a grudge somewhere in there that made them want to pull the trigger on this. Sure. Um, he's the only one that was murdered in Snowtown. Oh, so okay. they lured him into Snowtown by telling him that there was a computer for him to buy. Okay. This was in 1999, which is like, it. that's exactly when I got my computer, too. Yeah. And I remember I'm like, so excited, but it's like this big bulky thing. Exactly. Um, so they lured him into town because from where they were living was a good drive away from Snowtown. Mm-hmm. Um, they dragged him into a an empty bank building that was being rented by Wagner. Okay. The reasons would become will become clear in here just a second. Okay. They of course asked him to record his bank information. Um, Wagner and James grabbed all his information along with the recordings and drove back into town, a different town that had his bank, to try and withdraw that money. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they left David there with Bunting and Hayden in the bank, gotcha. still alive, yeah. being tortured but still alive. Right. Bunting couldn't help himself, so while Wagner and James were out of town trying to get money, he ends up killing David. Mm. When Wagner gets back, he's pissed that he missed out on the fun. Okay? Because now David is dead. You're disgusting. He missed out on the torture 
on what he thinks is the fun part of all this. That is so gross. Buckle up, kiddos. He's so pissed out he missed out on the fun. He cuts off pieces of David. He fries it up and eats it. Oh, God. These people. Wagner and James partake. Oh, my gosh. In the delicacy? Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Wow. I also just feel so bad for James that he was groomed into all of this. Oh, my God, yes. I mean, I don't love any of his actions, but I also, like, hurt for him. Yeah. So... All these, so these barrels, these barrels were 55 gallon drums. So big, big old, big old drums. Um, in total, there were six drums. Um, they were bought by Bunting. At first, they were in sheds and backyards and whatnot. Yeah. Eventually, because they were becoming, there's six gallons now or six sure. drums. Um, that's when Wagner decided to rent this bank. Okay. And that's where they were storing the barrels. Gotcha. So that's why for David's murder, they drove down there because now it's become both their storage and now their playground. Right. So to say their torture, you know, room. Yeah. So by, we know that all the barrels were there by May of 1999 because that's when they were discovered, May 20th, 1999. So it was the inquiries on Jody's son and Elizabeth Hayden's murder or missing report that led them to eventually track down this bank that was being rented by Wagner. Wow. So obviously the the cops that walk into the scene are just fucking terrified, right? Yeah, they're um, mind fucked. It's it's a really small town. It's like a one stoplight sort of town, small yeah. town. What Bunting thought was the acid in the barrels, because while he had them in sheds and whatnot, he would periodically check in on them to see Mm -hmm. how they were decomposing Mm -hmm. little did he know he had fucked up and instead of putting like an acid that would decompose the bodies and the bones he was actually he had the bodies in hydrochloric acid which was preserving them oh my god and so when the bodies were found they were almost like mummified wow yeah so instead of Getting rid of the evidence, he was preserving the evidence. Somebody did not get a good grade in science no, class. No, he did not. Mind you, he worked at a crematorium. Right. So I was like, how did he not know what to use? Sure. Well, what they use at a crematorium, isn't that a preservative too? Isn't that what they inject you with before they bury you? I, I'm, I sure no they, I'm sure clue. they use something like I have no that. Yeah. But, um, and then on top of the, all the bodies that they found at the bank, they they were using actually the the vault in the bank too, so not just any room in the bank. Right. Um, they found the two additional bodies at at the Waterloo address, which were um, Suzanne Allen and, and Ray Davies. <sighs> so many arrows going on in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, in total, there were four people arrested. So it was James Bunting, Wagner, and Hayden. Yeah. Ooh, got those straight. Okay. Um, the case is so fucking huge, or was so fucking huge, that there was over 280 suppression orders by the court to keep the details down. Wow. From coming out. Yeah. For the money portion of all this, 
uh, between the four of them, between all the welfare checks, it was just a little bit under $100,000 that they sold. Okay. Which is like... Still a lot of money, Still but a lot of money. not like, I mean, for not as millions. many as, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, James pled, guilt, pled guilty, um, and he received four consecutive life sentences in June of 2001. Okay. For his participation in the murders that he participated in. Right. Bunting and Wagner were tried together, and... I think, well, in your last case, you were talking about how a juror got a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it didn't happen in this one, but three total jurors dropped out from the jury because they were too horrified to look at the pictures. I can't blame them. Which I hadn't even heard of, like, that many falling out of right. a case. But that's a lot for three jurors to just fall out. Um, Bunting, they both pleaded not guilty, which just blows my mind right um in september 8th of 2003 bunting was found guilty of 11 murders and was sentenced to 11 consecutive life sentences wagner was found guilty of seven murders um but he pled down i think he gave them more information so eventually after his appeals he was only charged with two counts of murder and six counts of assisting an mm. offender in murder. Okay. Um, so he was given 18 to 25 years, which is a lot lighter. Uh, significantly. A lot yes. lighter. No one was ever charged with Suzanne Allen's murder. Oh, interesting. Because they could not determine her cause a of cause death. cause of death, right. Yep. In total, their trials were, tw- it was a 12-month trial. Wow. Well, I mean, the longest so Australia much in- that I had seen yet at that yeah, point. Yeah, so much information. So much information. And I'll post this too, but I had to use this little graph here that shows everyone. Well, that's helpful. <laughs> yeah. So who's who? How are they connected? How are they related to each other? Holy smokes. Um. But I have, I, mean, I have pages and pages of yeah. <laughs> look at all these arrows. I look like him. All the you strings do. connected. Yeah, you have a serial killer board. <laughs> um. So I mean, it just turned into like this group of like we're gonna do good for the world and get you know rid of the world of pedophiles. Then then turn into oh no, we're gonna kill those that blab their mouth. Oh, right. no, we're going to kill those that have a pension. So it just kept evolving into For this sure. more and more sinister idea of, like, the power that they were getting. They were so drunk off of it. Yeah. They just kept doing whatever they wanted. Love that you don't love pedophiles and yeah. you don't want them to exist, but really super don't love that you just got a taste for blood yeah. and also wanted to eat. Ew, I cannot believe Wagner did that. Yeah, no, so they they just kept changing their requirements for killing. Yeah, exactly. And they kept getting they kept getting more loosey goosey on them as they went by. Yeah, from pedophiles to pensions. <laughs> They're like that God, that, you're that, funny. that segues. <laughs> I don't care what Tyson says. <laughs> That segues super conveniently for me to just be able to kill somebody else. Yeah, just anything. But what I really hate about all of this is that it's just whoever is rumored of doing something. Right. Is is 
Put on the list. Yeah. Put on the list. And you're so angry that you don't even care to um, to to validate and to check that, you know, any of those allegations or any of that information. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. so sorry for what happened to you in your past, but I mean, those are serious allegations to not, like... Because who's the... What's the show? On? What's the show where he goes and kills people that kill people? Dexter. Dexter. Yeah. If you're doing, if you're doing like Dexter type shit, well, actually, no, Dexter does some shit to cover up his shit too. He does. Sometimes, he does. So. It gets a little messy. But, no, but, <laughs> but he's not playing fast and loose with, you know, whoever he wants sometimes. Like these people, they're just doing whatever the fuck they wanted. Absolutely. So, I don't know. People are wild and just. Yeah, they let it get, it's so weird, like, get it out of hand, like, got out of hand so quick. Well, they 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 just started to look for whatever was going to make it convenient to, I mean, I don't want to say justify, but what whatever reason they could find, and then all of a sudden it was just, like, no reason at all. Right. Isn't that wild though? Eleven people. That is that is crazy. We both did eleven people back yeah, to back. Look at what a coincidence. <laughs> hmm. Is eleven a lucky 11, number? 11? I don't know. But no, yeah, both eleven cases back to back. That is wild that we both found cases that involved eleven victims back to back. That is crazy. What are the odds of that? Um, one in eleven. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, it's just weird because um, I never heard of it. Um. I think and I it's only... so big, and you think that a fucking murder spree that long and that big, right? I think I only heard of it because one time when I was looking for a case, I think I probably googled like mass murder in Australia or mm. or something like that, and that's what came up. And I I specifically remember starting to read into it and being like, "Nope, that's, that's too a lot. much." Yeah. So kudos to you. It's a big for case. taking that on. It's it's a Whew. whirlwind, like you said, rickety ass roller coaster right? of a story. Because yeah, I feel nauseous. Yes, exactly. There is there is uh, blind turns. <laughs> There's parts that make you want to throw up. Blind turns, jerky corners, <laughs> unsecure seats. God. Um, yeah, the nausea is real. Oh, my god! Don't want to go back on it again. I, I don't even know how it turned into a cannibalism thing at the end. Like, how, who the fuck says, hey, I missed out on murdering, let's eat him? He, uh, he must have just been so pissed that he missed Was out he on hangry? the... Was he angry? Just... <laughs> he must have been. God. Don't kill anyone around lunchtime if you're, if you're yeah, hangry. Yeah, no kidding. God. Wow. That, that's wild. Well, thank you to the Patreon that yes, that right? suggested it because... Um, She's like, I don't know if you'd be interested. Yes, girl. I was interested. Oh, we're interested. <laughs> yeah. We're always interested. But holy smokes. Yeah. Wow. Well, thanks for um, listening when we said please send us story recommendations yeah. because that was a that was a crazy one. Yeah. That that graph is super helpful. You absolutely have, I have to post to put that, that in there. because 
I, I'm still trying to I connect know. the webs and the strings and everything. Yeah, and, and I probably should have given it to you before, but... No, it's fine. It's um, So I'll put this up. <laughs> now it's a little too late to be like, go look at the graph. Uh, but I'll put that on the description, which is like, look at the graph, because it helps you keep the story straight. And and that's because they all know each other. And that's and that's what's really crazy about it, too. They all know each other. There's there's no more than two degrees of separation between all of them. Exactly. It's like Kevin Bacon who. They, they all right. know each other. And for them yeah. to have kept it relatively hush for so long. I yeah. mean, they took care of their whistleblowers. So, you know, right. there was that. But, um, and then wild too how like the first handful, it's sad that I ha- can say a handful, you know, it seemed like it was like one a year. And then right. what was it in like ninety eight or whatever? Eight, it escalated. Just like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. So many. For back whatever to back. reason. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Oh my gosh. I'm ready for a nap Ooh. after that. Ready for a, your a, picture? A sandwich and a nap. <laughs> yeah. Oh my no gosh. Shit. Um, well, that's the case. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thanks to the Patreon. If I get a if I get a response on whether or not I can say the name, I will probably put it on the show notes so you guys can see who actually um, recommended this and give her kudos because yeah. I t- never heard of it. Blew my mind. I'm glad I did it, but I'm glad it's done. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> well, All right. Thank y'all. you guys. Uh, don't be a stranger. Bye. Bye.